Welcome to the Grace Church Conversations podcast, a weekly resource to help you apply Sunday to Monday. I'm Jared. And I'm Craig. And we're here with a special guest. We've got Jeff Betcher. What's going on, man? Hey, guys. Great to be here. Dude, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. And I do have to say, I mean, we haven't had a lot of time to talk since you've been uh, in town, but dude, ever since I gazed upon your beard, I just knew (laughs) that. Oh, man. I knew that we would get along. I knew it. are we allowed to talk about, one of my big disappointments in being here is, is Craig. Your beard is gone. It is exactly. Gone. Yeah, it that is, thing it was, is. was gorgeous. <laughs> oh, really? Thank I you. thought it was great, Thank dude. You. you know, that's high praise. He called it gorgeous. And no, he's got a great beard. Yeah. So, he does. Yeah. yeah, we we do beards do come up on the podcast. Okay. That's for they sure. Do. Uh, they do. So yeah, you've got a good beard, Jeff. Thanks. How long have you had sure. a beard for a long time? So I, my first job out of college was working in the corporate world. And I was not allowed to have a beard. Okay. And so when I became a pastor, uh, the first thing I did was grow a beard. <laughs> so I'm done. It may, it may lose out of laziness. I just didn't want to shave. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm good. so tired of shaving. Does your wife like it? She does. Now, yeah. now she likes it. Yeah. So even when I, when I take it down a little bit, so I'll take it down a little bit more in yeah. like the spring and stuff. And she doesn't like that as much. She, she likes, really likes she, it longer. She likes it now. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. Nice. Do you ever do the thing where you just surprise her with a clean shaven face just to mess with her? Uh, No. <laughs> I guess I'm just mean. No. Um, well, I did that once with my, I, I did it once and she was looked at me weird and it was my daughter who's now, who's now actually about to be nine. She was only six months old. She saw me and started screaming and crying. So oh, I was like, oh, I'm not going to traumatize my kids. Yeah, like, yeah, she's like, who's, like, who's a strange man in my yeah, house? Yeah. So, oh, I love it. Dad, come get him. Oh. <laughs> well, Jeff, thanks for joining us. Um, Jeff is here for Rise Up Weekend. We shared that with the church. We yeah. shared that on the podcast. So he's in for Rise Up Weekend. And so we're actually recording this on Saturday. They've had the Friday night session. They've yeah. had the Saturday morning session. Yes. And now they're out doing service projects. So we had some uh, mm-hmm. we had some free time. So yeah. Jeff, it is great to have you. Uh, we were trying to figure out how, when we first met, <laughs> and I think I met Jeff in his childhood, but he doesn't remember. <laughs> so I had very little, uh, very little impact on him. But I don't remember for sure. What happens is his dad is a pastor and we were pastors, uh, you know, we knew each other through, we were both part of Sovereign Grace Churches. So we knew each other through, uh, he still is, but we still knew each other through conferences and that sort of stuff. So we planted a church in 1995 in San Diego. And so in order to learn about planting churches, I went and met with church planters. And so they were in, um, in uh, New Jersey, what city? Uh, Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Yeah. So I uh, went to Cherry Hill and met with his dad, uh, uh, your dad, Jeff, uh, and we, I remember we went out to eat, and I just was pelting him with church planting questions because he was a few years ahead of us in the in the process yeah. of planting in '95. And so for some reason he said, "Let's go by the house." I don't know. We we weren't hanging out there. I don't know if we had to pick something up or whatever. So we went to your house, and uh, you would have been. This was '94. You said you would have been nine then. Oh, about nine. Yeah. yeah so okay. I made, I yeah. met kids. And how, <laughs> how many kids do you? How many siblings? So there was four at that point. Okay. Yeah. So I met kids. I don't remember how many. It was '94, a long time ago, yeah. but. So we may have met then. Yeah. So that's it. You just, and who would have known? Well, I, so you didn't make an impression, but obviously I didn't make an impression on you. No, obviously I, I was I, not I, that impressive. No, you weren't. You weren't who <laughs> so, would have known that one day we'd be talking about Yeah, this about is wild. This is wild. So I'm sure I remember, the first time I remember your name, when did you take the London trip with my dad? 
Uh, I, yeah, yeah, that would have been in 95. That would have been that the next was, year. Oh, around the next year. It was the okay. year we planted, yeah. Okay, so that's why I remember your name. And it was meaning like, oh, these are the, the these are the people who have taken my dad away from me. It was like, <laughs> that was a very traumatic, I still remember, oh, it was a very traumatic sorry. experience. Yeah. And, you need a um, No, I'm okay, I'm okay, okay now. But uh, but anyways, that's why I remember the first name is Craig Cabinets. And then I remember my dad came back, like, man, this guy Craig is really smart. Uh, I was just like trying to carry his briefcase the whole time. Get so. out of here, <laughs> I love you. And I hear, well, we probably don't want to get into sports, but the other oh, thing that was shocking man. about your dad yeah. is that uh, he was in Philadelphia um, before being, I don't know where he grew up, but he's in Philadelphia prior to being planting in New Jersey. Yeah. So he's in Eagles territory. You're, you're a committed Eagles fan, which, uh, yes. you know, that's fine. But, because uh, we're not going to get into all that. But he was a Cowboys fan, which was yeah. a shocker. Oh, that's interesting. Stain, stain upon our family name. A stain <laughs> upon stain our family upon name. Yeah, Listen, yeah. I got no problem with Cowboys fans from Dallas. Like, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. You should. You should. If you're, yeah, yeah. You should have geographical integrity. Yeah. Right? So, like, I was hoping the same way People shouldn't be upset with me for being an Eagles fan. Like, I'm I not upset with you. You live there. But, 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 you know, people like my dad, like, what the heck? We, so we actually, well, I shouldn't probably tell you what we call them in Philadelphia, but, the, but there's a name. There's a specific name, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's something we don't like to talk about that much. But thanks for going there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Well, anyway, oh so goodness. we met at some point, and then I remember the first time I actually spent any time with you was, I, I, I remember having a, like a meal or a coffee or something with you at the Pastor's College yeah, years ago. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, when you were a student there yeah, and uh, that time. getting, getting to know you. So, Jeff, tell us a little bit about, we've told how we know each other a little bit. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background, your family, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so my, um, uh, yes, I'm one of one of five kids now. So when you, mm-hmm. when you messed, there, there was another kid that came after that. Um, grew up, uh, grew up always in the suburbs of Philly. My dad's a church planner, so he planted, he planted the church, uh, I believe it was in 92. Yeah. Um, planned the church was the first, uh, actually the, the first granddaughter church. So, so, uh, Covenant Life planted Covenant Fellowship and then Covenant Fellowship planted, you know, my dad's church. And, um, so the first grand, uh, grandchild church in, in, uh, Sovereign Grace, which was cool. And, um, so yeah, I grew up in the church and, um, you know, I'm not sure at this point you want to get into to testimony or not, sure. but, um, uh, yeah, I grew up in the church. Very grateful. I always had a good relationship with my, with my parents, um, and there was a, you know, from a young age, I think, I think there was a genuine love for God yeah. um, that, that was, that was real. Um, so, I mean, I remember obviously hearing the gospel multiple times, but probably responded when I was, you know, eight or so, got baptized when I was 10. And mm-hmm. uh, I have a real, one of the things about me is I have a real love for reading. Mm-hmm. I, I read all kinds of things, but, but even at a young age, I was reading a lot of theology books. Wow. Um, yeah. So like, it was, uh, but, but that, that's part of my testament of not being, I mean, it was a good thing I was growing up my not. Uh, knowledge of the Lord, but it was a bad thing. And I started getting really, really arrogant. Mm. Like I would have adults come to church and ask me for book recommendations wow. as like a 12 year old. Wow. Um, like, Hey Jeff, what, you know, which, if I'm going to try to get started in John Owens, where should I start? Wow. Right. And like when, you know, adults asking you that, uh, that starts playing with your head a little bit. Sure. So I was very much, um, my parents were always trying to work against this, but I was, I mean, I was total prima donna in my mind, you know, it's kind of a prodigy, you know, a, a prodigy, theological prodigy, theological yeah. prodigy in, in my, again, in my own mind. And, um, so, so there was a love for the Lord, but there was, there was just also, there was a lot of love for myself, mm-hmm. um, in, in an unhealthy way. And, um, and it really wasn't until my, my junior year of college, I went, I went through some things that kind of exposed, um, I saw myself for being a sinner for the mm-hmm. first time, which you know, it's probably a weird thing to say, but, uh, I mean, I knew I did, you know, kind of simple things here or there, but I didn't realize like, Oh no, at the core of my soul, like, yeah. uh, I'm a manipulator. Like I'm mm. just I'm a liar. I'm so I'm actually kind of rotten. And, uh, it sent me into a state of depression for a while. Mm. Wow. 
Um, so depression, like I didn't want to go to church, not because like, but I was like, I believed who God was, but honestly where I was at, it was like, man, I believe who God is. And yet I've been sinning so willfully. Um, you know, I'm like one of the demons, you know, that, mm. that, that James talks about yeah, James yeah. too. Um, they, they know God, but, yeah. but there's no effect on their life. I'm like, that's, that's who I am. Mm. And so it was a really, it was a really dark place. I was like, I don't want to go to church cause I'm just going to be a smoldering, uh, mm. you know, but God's just going to strike me down with lightning. Um, and, uh, so it was a real, it was a real thing. And, um, but it was actually a, cel- a celebration conference. Mm. Uh, I was sitting in the back, not worshiping. Cause again, that's, I, I didn't want to mock right. God. Um, and, uh, and I felt, I felt God speak to me. Wow. Uh, probably one of the clearest ways I've ever, ever heard speak to me. Uh, and he said, Jeff, you know, you're up here, you know, I was up there with my arms full and all that. He said, the only thing I see when I see your sin is how far I had to come to save you. Mm. Um, and, and immediately Romans 5, 8 came to my heart. Like God shows his love for us and that while uh, we were still sinners, Christ died mm-hmm. for us. And, um, and again, I knew the gospel from a young mm-hmm. age, but I feel like that was the first time that the gospel really just just took hold of my heart. Because mm-hmm. um, I had an elevated view of God from a young age, but also an elevated view of myself. When, when my view of myself got lower, mm-hmm. the gospel wasn't big enough to, to, to bridge that gap. But in that moment, it was like it just exploded. Wow. Wow. And, and I think I understood grace for the first time. And... Um, yeah, and it was you know it was obviously a process from them, but but really that was a defining moment, and um, yeah, and so that, that kind of changed my life. And so so that was yeah, I was in high school, and then I went I went away to college. Um, you know, out of that experience, I just had a real burden for mm-hmm. for evangelism to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. My my mindset was I don't think there's anyone harder to meet uh, to to reach than uh, than a kid who grew up in church because mm-hmm. he knows everything. He's inoculated, yeah. some. right? Yeah. So I mean. Now in my church, one of the things we do is we do um, we do a lot of ministry. I have an urban church in Philadelphia. We do a lot of ministry with like people like who are addicted, right. you know, homeless, things like that. Far easier, right. far easier because they, they know their, their they need. know their need. Yeah, they yeah. know they're desperate. They know mm-hmm. their need. But you got a kid who grew up in church. He thinks he's a good kid. He knows all the right answers, but this hasn't taken hold of his heart. And so mm-hmm. for me, I was like, man, if God can save someone like me, then I've got to tell everyone about Him. And so I went to college, got involved with Campus Crusade for Christ. And, um, and that's where a, a desire for, for ministry came from. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a little of my great. story. It's and cool. where, where did you go to college? Uh, Rutgers. Rutgers, Rutgers University in New which Jersey. In New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so then, uh, tell us a little bit about your, so that's kind of got you up through college and then you got married after college or? Got married in college. So I met my wife at Rutgers. I was leading a, uh, a Bible study. So it's a good reason to be involved in Christian things. Um, so, <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, actually Funny story, it's, it's, a, it's a lot better when she says it. Yeah. But uh, I'm leaning a Bible study. At that point, I was kind of in a, um, I'd really idolized relationships for a while, but when the Lord was doing a work in my heart, and I was kind of in a Paul mode. I was like, I'm going to be single and give yeah. myself to the ministry. And um, and then, you know, and then she walks in, and I'm leaning this Bible study. She was coming out of a bad relationship. <laughs> she was coming out of a bad relationship. Then you got a different verse. Yeah, it's not good yeah, for me. Exactly, to be exactly, exactly. <laughs> got, got a new verse. Exactly. No, but uh, I, no, actually, so I was, it was weird. So, um, I was kind of just, you know, really focused on, on teaching and leading. And, but my wife felt that she, uh, when she walked in, she said, felt like God told her, this is the person you are to marry. Wow. Um, so God gave her that word, which, you know, if you met my wife, um, the only reason she could be with someone like me is if God gave her a word like that. <laughs> so, cause she's like, you know, not just out of my league, but like five leagues above me. She's, she's, she's incredible. Um, but anyway, so, but her, her reaction to that was, uh, you know, let me not talk to this guy. So if it's God, we're just going to let God do it. Yeah. And uh, so I tried to approach her because, you know, she was 
beautiful. And, uh, and she was like real reticent, like real yeah. reluctant. I'm thinking, man, is this someone who's been like really hurt by men? Like, yeah. let me, so I, I pulled out of that relationship. Like I didn't pursue anything. Um, and just, I was like, all right, let's let other girls like surround her and love on her. And then, um, yeah. And then her sister came to school the next year and I got really close with her sister and that's what allowed yeah, me eventually become, move. yeah, that's what allowed me eventually become friends with, with my, and then, you know, we got married from there. So how do we get on that? I don't know. Uh, I just, I'm sorry. Know it just happened. I, I just love talking about my wife. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, and you have kids. You said, I have kids, uh, yeah. How, yeah. How many kids you got? So I have three kids. My daughter, Sophie will be nine in March. Mm. Uh, my do- my son, Judah will be seven actually at the end of this month, uh, January 30th. And then my youngest son, Aaron is, uh, is three and a half. His birthday's in July. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the church plant. So you planted a church. So you served in, in uh, the church you grew up in. You went back obviously and served there for yeah. while you served on staff there. I'm assuming yeah. is it? Yeah. yeah. And then they sent you out when, when did you plant the, the church? So, um, so I graduated and I worked for about four years in the, in the workforce because okay. my dad's like, you have to, you right, want to be right. a pastor, but you have to grow up a little bit. Right. Um, this is great advice. And then, yeah, I went on, I went on there and then I, I, uh, so went on staff there for two years and then they planted me out in, um, in 2015. And well, they sent me out in 2014. We did like a year of like core group meetings, things like that. Our first public meeting was actually March 2015. So it'll be five years this this coming March. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay. So you you interest me. I don't think I've I don't know if I've expressed this to you, uh, but there there's things about you that are far more interesting to me than your beard. <laughs> uh, uh, so this is one of them. Uh, I've been to uh, I've never been to the church you grew up in on a Sunday, but I've been to the area because I'm this whole story about meeting with you. Your dad. So I know it's more of a suburban yeah. kind of uh, suburban, wealthy kind of environment. Yeah. Uh, but then you go and plant a church that in, um, in South Philly, right? Christ church. Yes. Yep. Yep. You go plant a church in an environment that is not the neighborhood you grew up in. <laughs> yeah, that is all. not the <laughs> environment. That is not the people you grew up with. Right. So describe <laughs> where your church is. What's it like in that? What's that? Yeah. What's been the, what's been the difference? I love the story. I remember you telling at a conference one time, I remember you telling stories about, I don't remember the details, but I just remember kind of what you just yeah. said, they were reaching addicts and that sort of thing. So talk about the difference <laughs> in how you grew up and where you are and a little bit about your church. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely totally different. So I live in in South Philly, which if you're familiar with like Rocky. Right. Yeah. So Rocky is 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 kind of so not not fresh Prince of Bel Air. That's West Philly's South Philly is Rocky. <laughs> Are the stairs um, near you? That well that's that's the art museum. Okay. So yeah. So that's where he ended his run. But like when he's run down like the Italian, it's called the Italian market, like all these little shops, yeah, whatever. Yeah. That's like four blocks from my house. Mm, is so, that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, so South Philly, your area is Italian? Strongly Italian and, and then there's pockets of Irish. So mainly, yeah. Irish Einstein, very, very Catholic. Right. Um, incredibly, uh, so I mean, within like, uh, I think there's there's 190,000 people within two square miles. Wow. So it's just very, very densely, very, very densely populated. I mean, it's all only row homes. Everyone lives in row homes. 190,000 yeah. people within s- two square miles. Yeah, that's so that's about, you're in the same, that's about our population. Frisco okay. is about, uh, I think 180, 190, 180 yeah. something, but very spread. Yeah. It would take you yeah. to drive from one end of Frisco to the other would take you 20, 30 minutes, you wow. know, probably a 20 minutes. 
minutes, depending on traffic. Yeah. But uh, from east to west could take you 20 minutes. And so you're saying within two square yeah, miles. Yeah. Phenomenal. I mean, yeah. I mean, my block there, I mean, so in each block, there's about a hundred, hundred people, you mm. know? And so, and, and again, a block is, uh, block's going to be, it's going to be all row homes. Yeah. So there's no single standing homes. Everything's a row home. So, yeah, I mean, just very, very different and very different from a, um, I'm mean, also very different. It's way more ethnically diverse yeah, than, than, than where I grew up in. Uh, and then just the type of people that, so, so, you know, on my block, uh, across the street is a, is a lawyer who works in center city. I mean, settling like, you know, huge, huge yeah. lawsuits. Wow. And then, and, and then right next to them is someone who's living on welfare. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, on the uh, to my left, uh, directly next to me is a guy who owns a business, a couple businesses, entrepreneur, and then next to him is a retired bus driver. So wow. it's just this real melting pot Wonderful. of yeah. people. Yeah, which is incredibly. It's a. It, it's been incredibly. Uh, just enriching experience because you're not just dealing with one type of person, but you're really yeah. seeing God's diversity of creation. And so I've loved that. I yeah. love that. Um, but it comes with its challenges, yeah. you know, certainly. So, um, I mean, sin's everywhere, yeah. but in the city, it's, it's, it's just way more out kind of in the open just because you just, you see people like there's yeah. no, in the city, there's no, and this is one of the big things that's different. There's no private space. So, yeah. so when I grew up, you go, Playing in the backyard, yeah, right? Yeah. Like there's a playground, the backyard. Backyard. right? The fence backyard, yeah. exactly. The fence backyard. If you barbecue, it's in the backyard. Here, it's like you don't have backyards. Yeah. If you're barbecuing, you're on a sidewalk, and if you're playing it in a playground, it's not. It's, it's like it's, it's, communal. A, it's a community. Yeah. It's like it's, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there, everything is shared public space. You're always in shared public space. Um, what a gospel opportunity! It's a great gospel opportunity because when I so I was uh, a pastor really of evangelism that was at, yeah. at my dad's church, and I feel like ninety percent of what I was trying to do was just convince Christians to. Have relationships with non-Christians. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, oh, I can't even talk to you about how shared Jesus. You just need to know people who need to know yeah, Jesus. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. that was like half the battle. Here it's like, that's not our issue. That's not, I mean, it's, it's uh, in some ways people are like, man, you move to the city, it feels like a lot harder. In some ways it's actually a lot easier, easier. Yeah. a lot easier. There's certain things that are hard. I mean, we're dealing with violence. I mean, there was a, there was a shooting on my block just a couple uh, couple months ago. So there's things you have to deal with that like I didn't have to deal with growing right. up. But as far as the gospel opportunities, it's, uh, it's f- easier. It's phenomenally easier. Yeah. Phenomenally mm, easier. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How interesting. And so tell us a little bit about, so you live in this diverse neighborhood, ethnically, racially, socioeconomically, it sounds yeah. like diversity yeah. at every level, every a- level. age, you yeah. got young, old. you yeah. mentioned retired neighbors, you got yeah. young and old. Uh, t- what's the makeup of your church? Does your, does your church reflect that? Or uh, is it, are you reaching one sort of segment of the population more or how, tell us a little bit about so the makeup our, of your yeah, church? No, our ch- it's been really cool. Our church is, it really is a reflection of our neighborhood in many ways. So we're, we're generationally diverse. Um, so that's, that's been interesting experiencing pastoring people who are like old enough to be my, you know, great grandparents. almost. Wow. So, um, but their humility to do that's amazing. So yeah, we've, mm. we're, we're, we're generation diverse, definitely socioeconomically diverse. Um, you know, and, uh, and we're pretty racially diverse, uh, between white and, and, and African-American. Yeah. Um, but what we're finding is that the Asian population, Hispanic population, which are both present in our neighborhood really hang out with each other. Um, uh, because being in the city, there's, there's such a density of them. Yeah. They really don't have to travel outside of their community. I see. So a lot of them don't even speak English because they can go to, you know, uh, I mean, there's, we have, we have Korean banks, we have Korean yeah. uh, restaurants, we have Korean real estates. Like yeah. they, they do all their life in one segment. I see. Wow. And so it's been really hard to think about how to break into that. I'm really honest, just praying for a missionary that would have a heart for it. Um, because so, a church, it would be a Korean speaking church. It, you have to be yeah, a Korean right, speaker. Like right. they could come out to our church, but like, yeah. we'll love them, 
but like yeah. it's not their language. Yeah. And so, so that's actually been, that's been a challenge trying to think about how to break into that. Um, but no, so that's our church and, uh, you know, the area that we're in, it's, um, it's really, it's, you know, it's really strong neighborhood in the sense that there's, you know, a lot of family, a lot of stabilities, uh-huh. which is, which is nice. But, uh, but one of the challenges that that's happened really in the past 10 years is, uh, there's just an incredible, uh, opioid epidemic. Wow. Yeah. So Philadelphia is actually one of the things you don't want me number one in. Uh, Philadelphia is the number one city in the country for deaths due to drug overdose. Wow. Um, and, and South Philly is like, one the number one, like one of the hot spots in the city. Wow. Um, so it's, uh, it's been really hard. I, you know, again, this is different than moving to the suburbs. Um, so I moved in within the first year and a half, uh, there were 15 people that I knew, um, that had died wow. and, and not like, not like friends, but like, you know, saw, saw in the park yeah, yeah. was yeah. at the corner, um, you know, a friend of a friend type of thing. Wow. And so they all died of drug overdose. Died drug overdose. Yeah. Wow. Died of a drug overdose. Mm. So it was just, it was just tearing up our neighborhood. And so we just started praying like, Lord, what would you, what would you have us to do? I, I don't have a background in that. That wasn't yeah. like something that they went over in pastor's college. Yeah. Like this is not, it, it wasn't, I, I, it wasn't part of my planting prospectus, but it's a need that was so apparent in our yeah. community. Like, Lord, what are you, what are you going to do? And so God actually hooked me up. Um, there was, there was a guy who started coming out to our church who, um, was a VP for one of the larger, um, uh, recovery centers in the city. Yeah. And he had just become a Christian, uh, a couple, couple months ago. And, uh, and he just wanted to be discipled. Mm. And so he showed up and was like, basically like, Hey Jeff, can you like help teach me Bible and how to live this out in my life? So we developed a really close relationship. Mm. And, and then through that, I'm like, man, here, here's a leader that yeah. I'm not just, you know, yeah, and so, yeah. So it was really, so, so he kind of started doing meetings and, and we started, you know, doing some stuff there. But then one of the challenges we're having is people were coming, they're coming to our meetings, they're getting saved, which was beautiful. But then we had no place to, to send them. So we send them to like a detox or a rehab. Right. When they get out of rehab, they, they, you know, people who have been involved in drug use, they, they, bur- they burned all the relational bridges. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times they'll have a criminal background, so it's very hard to get a job. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of times when we're getting right out of rehab, like getting money in their pocket could actually be one of the worst things for them. Yeah. Because there's, I mean, rehabs are usually only 30 days. That's yeah. really not mm-hmm. long enough to break a, a pattern. Yeah. So we were finding there was just a lot of relapse happening, a lot of relapse. So people that were near to our heart, near to our heart. And, uh, and one guy who... Um, who had come to the church, become saved. We, we, we baptized him. It was a beautiful uh-huh. testimony. Uh, he ended up, you know, relapsing and then he, he, he died of a drug overdose. Oh he was the first guy who had come to our, come to our meetings wow. and had relapsed and died. And that, so again, I started praying. I was like, Lord, we, we need, we need a place. Yeah. And, um, and God's just so amazing. So he, he, he led someone to our church who was involved with, uh, with, with a recovery home, mm-hmm. um, that they were looking to sell. And so the guy was just looking for a church. He was wow. just looking for a church, but then so we're, you know, talking to him, hanging out, you know, and a couple months down the road, this, this opportunity comes up where there's like, you know, a house to buy. And I was like, oh man, this could be, this could be it. So, so I go to the church and I'm like, all right, in my mind, I'm like, if we've got a down payment uh, for this, you know, maybe we could try and find a way to, to yeah. float a mortgage. And we're not a big church, about 150 people, but yeah. you know, maybe we can tighten the belt, figure something out. But I felt the Lord saying to me like, Hey, don't, don't just ask for a down payment. Tell the church the whole price and let's just see what God will do. Yeah. Mm. So, so I go to the church and, um, and I'm like, Hey, we have this opportunity to buy a house, be about $180,000, uh-huh. which is like at that point, it's probably about, you know, two thirds of our church budget. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, so I don't know what God's going to do, but let's just pray and see, you know, see what the Lord did. And we're talking about, you know, we're talking about obviously the issue and everyone knows someone. 
So, so we start raising money that, but that Sunday, a guy visited our church, um, who, uh, has actually never been back on a Sunday morning since hmm. we visit that church and say, Hey, you know, I'm really excited about what you guys are doing. Uh, I don't live in the city. I was, he was just here visiting, he was visiting family. Um, and he said, so I'd love to talk to you more about it. So I'm like, okay, great. So I, um, so I you know, have a phone call and he's like, okay, well, yeah, I'm actually, I actually run a foundation. And so I'm wondering if there's, you know, something that we can do. I'm like, oh, that's good. I know, wow. I have no idea what to, you know, where this is going. Yeah. So we're talking he said, that's great. Let me, you know, let me talk to my board and then we'll get back to you. I'm like, okay, you know, Mace is, yeah. maybe we'll get like 10 grand out of this or something yeah, big. Right. Like that'd be huge. Right. He comes back and says, all right, 180,000. He goes, I want to do a little bit more than cut that in half for you. We're going to give you a hundred grand. Wow. wow. <laughs> he dropped a six figure check on us. Oh, wow. <laughs> And then, and then, and he was there one time. He was there one time. Could it have been an angel? Wow. Yeah, yeah, could it have. I, mean, I, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder. And then, and that was an incredible thing. We had a we had a young couple who was saving for a house, and they ended up like giving us their down. They gave us this is a young couple about to buy their first time. They gave oh. us like I think it was like twenty thousand oh. dollars. And uh, you know, so we, we so all to being said, we ended up raising all the money. Wow, that's amazing. Um, it was incredible. And so we bought the house. We so we run that now. So we have how um, close is that to your building? It's about seven blocks away. Oh. Okay. So okay. seven blocks is about a nine minute walk. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so it's great. So guys come out and, and we still like, we're still running all the meetings. So, you know, our church on any given, any given day, there's probably about 50 people in it, you know, as far as getting recovery services, placing people in detox, placing people in rehab. But then when they get out, we have, we have this 12 bed house wow. and these guys come out and our goal is really, they already have all the recovery service they need. How can we be a community for them? Yeah. How can we, you know, just help disciple them in Christ and build relationships with them? Yeah. So they're part of small groups. They're serving on ministry teams. They're you know come out to church. Yeah. That's all part of the house, and it's it's honestly been one of those faith building things for me yeah. just to see God working through that. So, so that's a big part of our church. So in uh, kind of kind of who we are, um, yes, yeah, so we're diverse in many ways, and then that's a that's kind of a key key ministry for wow. us. Wow! And so twelve can stay at a time. Yeah. And how yeah. long are they usually in the recovery home before they sort of mainstream out into regular? Um, well, what would be that might not be the right language, but you know, just um, we say reintegrate, reintegrate. reintegrate. Yeah, 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 is what yeah. is the word we use. So, um, so we put them on ninety day goal sessions. So, okay. uh, so it's but we we recommend probably about a hundred. Most guys are there. Well, most guys are there for almost a year. Yeah, mm. almost a year it takes that long. First ninety days is usually them just getting their feet under them, and then next ninety days is them getting a job. Next ninety days yeah. is them like, can they handle this? And then the next ninety days is like a, an exit strategy. So it's about a year. It's about a year. So we opened this about. Two years ago, and we've had uh, 30 guys uh, go wow. through it, which has been That's awesome. Cool. And a lot of them end up staying in the church, yeah. you know, staying in the church, getting plugged in. And um, yeah, it's been beautiful. And other guys That's just awesome. go on elsewhere, but you played yeah. this significant role in the Lord using you to turn their life around and give yeah. them a hope. Possibly for, save their life. Yeah, exactly. Well, save their lives. Yeah, we hope so. It's amazing. Wow. I hope so. And uh, you shared some stories in, uh, by the way, I, I don't know, I, I think we should send out the two talks he gave on our podcast. I'll just make a live request there, Jared. Or Tim, I don't know if Tim or, or who does that, but uh, Tim, yeah. I guess, does that. So uh, it, the talk you did last night was really good on love. He taught the Good Samaritan and uh, sort of the radical nature, the costly nature of extending love to others, and we can, which is impossible. We can only do that right. ultimately because of the love God has extended to us yeah. in Christ. That was Amen. a great message. And then this morning, you taught on being an image bearer, and it was a great setup. It was a brief talk, but the kids were going out to serve those in need, and so you were just talking about um, 
this morning, those, uh, you know, ministering to people and seeing people as image bearers of mm-hmm. God created mm-hmm. in his image. Uh, so it gives dignity, value, worth mm-hmm. to every, every person that we would encounter. Right. So that, that was a, a wonderful message. Well, so we'll podcast, so we'll send those out. People can listen to both those messages, even though they were, uh, an adult would totally va- benefit. It wasn't just so, it wasn't filled with, just, it wasn't filled with so many youth references. Right. Like, What's he talking about? Um, so it wasn't like that. What but those um, hip new phrases. I yeah. Know. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. No, that's not me. I don't yeah. know. That was, that was really a groovy message. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> at any rate, um, all that to say, you, you also shared, sounds like in the area where you are, the, the diversity, you also shared about a, a homeless guy that you see regularly. So there's, yeah. is this a real life issue in your part of Philly? Homelessness, uh, which is, uh, an issue. Yeah. In, in, we don't have that issue to speak of much right here. Well, we do, but it's hidden. There's a youth homelessness yeah. okay. issue in, in mm. Frisco that, mm. uh, that, that, that kids, um, often just end up mm. finding another home to live in. Uh, there's oh. some of that going on that I've heard, heard from city leaders about, but, uh, mm. but in terms of like encountering someone on the streets, you have to go yeah. towards Dallas to experience that here. Yeah. Uh, but is that, a, is that a living reality? Just people, the, the poverty, which people lose everything and yeah. end, up, end up on the street where you are. And do you have ministry there as well? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, no, that's a huge issue, especially where we're at. We're, uh, we live a couple blocks away from like a, a, a highway overpass. Okay. So underneath that overpass yeah. is where a lot of you know them staying yeah. just to get out of the elements and mm. stuff. So um, yeah, that's a very li- that's a very live issue. Um, and we do we have outreach. So we, we have teams to go out try to engage them. We call them yeah. street outreach teams um, and try to see what see what the need is. So yeah. I mean, a lot of times someone's living on the street. You know, there can be there can be a drug issue. Sure. And so if we're doing that, we're trying to navigate them towards you know uh, what we do through yeah. um, through this. We we open up a whole. It's a ministry of our church but it's its own separate 501c3. We call it Transformation to Recovery. Okay. So we'll try to navigate people towards that. Um, Also, uh, mental illness can be a big, significant significant factor of it. And uh, maybe even more so than than the drug issue. And, um, and so again, just trying to get people in touch with, with resources, you know, trying to, trying to embrace our role as a church is just to, is to, is to love people and support them and build relational bridges. You know, I'm not a psychiatrist. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not even like a, uh, you know, we have certified, you know, uh, peer specialist, which, you know, like a drug counselor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like, I'm not that. I'm yeah, a pastor. Yeah. So I think just what is our lane? Knowing your lane. Yeah. yeah. And staying in our lane for our church has been really important. Cause if not, you just, you feel like you have to be everyone's savior yeah. and you just burn out really fast. But I think for us, like, no, we really embrace like our goal is how can we create relational bridges with people? And then from that, we live in Philadelphia. There's, there's resources for everything. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we can get people resources, uh, if we're able to have a relationship. So that, that's a very live issue for us. Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, there's also people that just, they didn't have family support systems. They, they kind of, you know, the guy lost his job, his house got foreclosed on and, uh, yeah. you know, and just, it's, um, so a lot of times, sometimes it's, you know, people, people start looking at like, oh, why, why are they, in dr-? well, the reason they're on drugs is because honestly, you and I probably have to take something too if we're living on the street. Yeah, like the, dr- the drugs didn't take them to the street. Right. Some kind of tragic it's life situation to, did. Coping. It's a coping mechanism yeah. now. Yeah. So we're like, all right, how can we, how can we try to address the underlying issues here? Um, yeah. So we go out um, and that's actually something we'll get a lot of the guys in the, in our program, um, you oh. know, uh, we'll get them, we'll get them to help, to help with that, um, which is, you know, part of the discipleship thing there. So um Yes, we'll go out pretty pretty periodically, yeah. like formally, but then informally, you know, there's just kind of 
around our neighborhood. And I mean, we've had different people in the church, um, you know, develop relationships with people who are homeless and like bring them into their home for a little bit. Yeah. That's not something we encourage like long-term, right. um, yeah. but like, Hey, we'll keep you for a couple days yeah. until, you yeah. know, we can find, you know, find a longer term solution. And, yeah. um, man, you know, I personally haven't done that. Cause like, yeah. I'm like, honestly, I'm like, like not ready for that. But like, yeah. I'm just, I'm so challenged by people's example in my yeah. church mm-hmm. and uh, we've got, yeah, it's an incredible group of people. You shared also an illustration with the kids or not an illustration, a story about um, someone taking in kids uh, whose parents were gang members or something yeah. like this. Yeah. yeah. So in our neighborhood, which again, it's interesting. It, so it's an affluent neighborhood, yeah. you know, um, but, but there's also like, Gangs, yeah. um, and uh, you know, a couple like gangs. Gangs of rich people. Gangs, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I mean, no. But they, they've been, so the, it, it was a. It, they're historic. Like they're, they've been just. They've been there forever. Yeah. Right. So they've been there for like fifty years. Um, and so you know, this kind of passing on to the generation, and um, and so you know, mainly mainly around the drug trade right. uh, is is what they're doing, and they'll you know, it, it, you wouldn't know if you walk from our neighborhood. It doesn't. It feels safe. You know, yeah. my my kids, my wife's walking out all day with our kids. Yeah, right. So you, you wouldn't. Feel, it's not like a war zone. Um, but you know, there's the gangs will fight each other. So the you know, I mentioned there was a shootout on my block. It was two gang members. So yeah. they're not trying to. It's not senseless violence. Well, it's all violence is senseless, right. but it's targeted towards that. So anyways, um, it's not random violence. It's not too, random. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just gang wars and things like that. But mm-hmm. um, but uh, one of the couples in our church uh, strategically, purposely moved onto uh, a gang block. So there's, there's like blocks that are like, this is a gang block. And like, you you don't move onto it. And I wouldn't travel down it um, because wow. it's it's a gang block. You're, only, you're either on there because you're part of the gang or because you want to get drugs from the gang. Like, that's the only reason to be on that and block. And you know that. Everybody, everybody knows, knows that. It's known it's just known. The police know it. Okay. And they like almost don't like... It's kind of like, you yeah, know, if yeah. we can contain it there, like that'll keep, keep, it, it, in that keep it on that yeah, block. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, yeah, it's totally known. And we had a couple move, move in. It's actually, actually, I'm, I'm saying a couple. Uh, we had a single lady move on there. She ended yeah. up getting married. Um, but she moved on there. Uh, for a single lady. Single lady. And she's sitting down with me. She was part of the church plant. And she was, she was running a house and wanted to buy a house. And like, hey, I'm really feeling called by God to go buy a house on this block so that I could be a safe place for the kids. Because mm. um, how, wow. how is this going to change if if there's not a generation? Like, because it yeah. is, it's just these gang, it's all, it's all generational. You know, the reason they're doing this because their parents did, because their parents were. So how, how can I show them something different? And if we're not willing to like go on that, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, I knew her parents' parents went to my dad's church. I'm like, man, she's asking for my advice. Like, you know, like, so I'm trying to say, well, have you thought about, you know, I'm not yeah, yeah. safety. And she goes, she goes, well, can you really help me in the new Testament where the gospel over goes forward because people are taking safe choices? Mm. And I'm like, oh man, wow. I'm getting, I'm getting jujitsu yeah, by, yeah, you know, yeah, by, yeah. by a church member on mission. Yeah, so, sure. wow. so it's amazing. So she moved in there and, and her, you know, her house is, you know, really became a, a haven for, for, for these kids, a place they know they could go to get, you know, meet, she plays games with them, you know, feeds them. They sing, you know, sing songs, Christian songs. She's brought, uh, you know, a gag of them out to our church. Wow. Um, so it's, yeah, it's been pretty, pretty incredible. And Are uh, the gang member members, the parents yeah. of these kids supportive of their kids going over there? Do they know? They they actually all, yeah. So they, they've <clears> embraced her. So, mm. so she would say, well, we thought it was going to be a danger. It's like the safest block, like on the thing. Cause if anyone messes with Miss Kate, like wow. they've got, they've got 30 gang members who are ready to like, you know, bring out their so guns. She's and, got, so uh, she's yeah. yeah. So she's like, yeah, she's like legit. So, wow. um, yeah, it's, 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 it's incredible. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so, but it took for her, 
and this is this is a good lesson I think just in general about mission. She she went in very intentionally and she just built relationships. So she was out on her blocks to every single night talking to people. Wow. So she built relationships. She's like, I'm not gonna be scared of you. Wow. I'm gonna build a relationship with you. And um and there was obviously, you know, lots of you know, awkward, hard things with that, but she just so committed. So when they really bought in trusting her and they're fine with that and they're fine with her kids coming to church and like, wow, you know, um, because she was, she proved her, she's among them. She yes. wasn't, she wasn't lobbying in some kind she of, she wasn't a, coming in from the out. Yes. Like they're used to <clears throat> outreach programs oh, yeah. coming in from the outside and they'll, they'll, they'll tear that up and spit it uh, out. Yeah. But she came in amongst them and was really for them. Like she wasn't yeah. like trying to get them to come out to church right away. Hannah, she was yeah, like, hey, yeah. I'm just here. Like I'm making food. You want to come over right now? Like she just built relationships was for, for them. Yeah. Without an agenda. And it mm. built trust. And then once you have trust, you know what, you know, that, I mean, that's the wow. opportunity. Wow. Hey, Jared. Yeah. What do you think about this? Let's do part two. And I'm, can I tease part two? Let's wrap this up. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be part one. Uh, we're going to do another conversation together on a different topic. And yeah. Craig's going to tease that out. Here's for you. what it is. So here's you fascinate me for a lot of a lot of reasons, Jeff. One is <laughs> sub, suburban kid with an awesome beard goes into the corporate world or whatever, uh, and then goes to more inner city context, plants a church, and the Lord's just just doing wonderful things. I love that. I respect that, and I want to learn from you about that. But you're also, uh, you have another role in ministry, and that is that you are uh, the chaplain for the Philadelphia Phillies. (laughs) So in part two, we'll talk about uh, that and some other things as well. But we'll talk about about that. How about that, Jared? Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us for this. Yeah, Uh, man. This this is a good conversation. Good to hear uh, just about what you're doing in ministry, what God is doing in uh, Philadelphia through your church and in that, in in those difficult spaces that you're encountering. Thanks, man. It's amazing. So thanks, man. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Jeff. See you guys. Take care.